0: Our average balance that's being pushed to the payment plan is about $7,000, so we're talking that every semester we're collecting over $12 million a semester just through payment plan.
1: Welcome to Focus, a podcast dedicated to the business of higher education. I'm your host, Heather Richmond, and we will be exploring the challenges and opportunities facing today's higher learning institutions. Today, I get to chat with David Minetti, AVP Enrollment, Finance, and Compliance at Long Island University. He shares his strategy of using payment plans for setting students up for success. Thanks for joining me today, Dave.
0: Hi, Heather. How are you today?
1: Good. Well, we are so glad to have you as our guest because as part of our client advisory board and a longtime customer since way back in 2008. I know you always have a great story to tell. So why don't you tell us, though, a little bit about some of your biggest challenges and learnings coming out of the crazy year we had last year?
0: Well, I think like everybody else, Heather, it's just been such a tough time, not only for the staff, for the administration, but also for our students. And, you know, we're really in uncharted territory here in New York. You know, things really got started here. Yeah. You know, we went home mid-March, and we were one of the first – entities to return to work over here sometime in late august so we've actually been in the office for almost a year now okay and it's just been really tough you know the students are are craving for that campus experience again and you know this is our first class that we're recruiting that we didn't really meet in person because you know they were their high schools were closed and whatnot throughout the year so it's just been a really strange recruitment cycle and from a retention standpoint you know we're we're caught in between two places on the one hand we have all this money from the government that we're you know being told to use for student scholarships and awards right but at the same time You know, a lot of our students who need the money may not be the Pell-eligible students. It may be students that are, you know, in the graduate phase and whatnot. So it's been very tricky to balance the wants and the needs of of our constituents. But we're doing it, and, uh, you know, we're looking forward to the fall and hopefully a return back to normal.
1: Yeah, that's great. And we talked before, it may sound a little surprising to some of our listeners, but actually one of the biggest advantages that you had really that was already in place in helping your students during this crazy time was payment plans. And that may seem like payment plans. Yeah, that's old news, but really they're not, are they?
0: I can't believe that there are colleges and universities out there that do not have automated payment plan solutions in place in 2021. I mean, if you don't have something like that today, that would be the first thing that I would put on my whiteboard to get done prior to the start of the fall term. I mean, people now are used to doing things from home, are used to doing things online. It's become second nature to, you know, all, generation, all generations, all age groups, and You know, if you're doing these things on paper or if you're maintaining them on a spreadsheet, I I think now is the time to finally go to your your supervisor and say, enough's enough. We need to catch up and get with the times.
1: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know, so you obviously have been live for a while now. But uh, as anything, you get new technology, and you have some lessons learned, and you do things just to be able to edit it. So maybe for those folks, either who are recently on payment plans, or um, those schools that you talked about that's going to be on their whiteboard soon, um, what would you like to share a little bit about the in, your initial payment plan offering that you had set up?
0: Well. W- like most colleges and universities, we we love to project plan with stupidity leading the way, which is, you know, take what you have and then try to force it into the new solution. So we used to have gold payment plans, silver, bronze, different down payments. And what we realized after the fact was that this just really confused our, our students and their and their parents and their guardians. You know, once... We switched from that complicated multi-tiered setup to a standard monthly payment where, you know, you just drop down the box, drop the drop drop box down and select, you know, the monthly payment plan. Our enrollment went up, you know, by about 150%. Initially, we had about 500 students in our payment plans. And today we have, you know, almost 1,800, which makes up about 16% of our total enrolled, enrolled population. So simplicity, you know, that your your favorite rock band kiss. Right. (laughs) Keep it simple. Keep it stupid. (laughs) Keep it simple. I think it's so important, even in today's world, more important than ever. You you don't need to overthink this, right? You want the student to you know, get on the road towards fiscal responsibility. And if they complete the process of signing up for a payment plan, what we found is more often than not, they're going to satisfy those payment arrangements. And if they don't, there's generally, you know, a huge reason why. And I think we're going to talk about this a little later, but, you know, the students that go online and enroll in the payment plan, you know, those are the students that you want to have at your institution because they are, you know, self-selecting and going out and doing the right thing.
1: Absolutely. Now, do you have it set up for your payment plans that the payments are scheduled or do you give that to be an option for your students?
0: We, our our mandate is sort of access and excellence. So we don't want to make anyone do anything. We want to give students as much flexibility as possible. So we allow them to schedule automated payments. We allow them to go in and, you know, make a payment every month we have a lot of first generation students mm-hmm. in college so one month their father might pay the next month their mother might pay the third month their aunt might pay and we want to make sure that we provide students with with all of those options and give them as much flexibility as possible and what we've been able to see is that just th- this an enormous amount of students are taking advantage of this Product that we have, and it 's so nicely branded, you know I think it was the last update that you guys pushed through or mm-hmm. or maybe two updates ago. I was able to work with my marketing team to brand color code and everything, so they mm-hmm. come from our website right to the payment gateway portal, and it looks exactly the same now it doesn 't look like touchnet anymore it looks right. like l i u and uh you know I think that look and feel gives people. You know, trust in the product as well in a way that you kind of don't think about until you see it happening.
1: Absolutely. And you were saying, too, I mean, you have a pretty good percentage of your students that really represent a pretty large portion of dollars coming in on a payment plan, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Our average balance that's being pushed to the payment plan is about $7,000. Mm. So we're talking that every semester we're collecting over $12 million wow. a semester just through payment
1: plans. That's great. And that also means that that's almost you know over 12 million dollars that the students are not putting on a loan or a card or they're actually paying that um with no interest rate, right?
0: Well, they are allowed to use credit cards or an ACH bank account. So if they are putting on their credit cards, I mean generally those credit cards have limits where they're not going to be able to really max them out on sure. paying their tuition but what we find are the students that sign up for the payment plans are the ones that are truly fiscally responsible Mm -hmm. you know if you think about 16 percent of the population on payment plans you know there's probably i would say 60 to 70 percent of the rest of the students who have financial aid to cover their balance so what i mean what i mean by that is you know they're graduate students that can borrow twenty thousand dollars a year you know through the federal government there's students that maybe came in as freshmen with high merit aid, and therefore with merit aid, Pell, SCOG, and things like that. They don't really have a balance; they have to repay. Sure. So we're talking about a product that really serves the self-starting student, the student that you know wants to wants to be able to continue to enroll each semester, doesn't want to have a balance preventing them from doing things, wants to be able to you know, take care of their business so that they can focus on their studies. And I think that it's really important that you offer that group of students a a high quality product that they can use every semester.
1: You're absolutely right. I know you said uh, earlier about the fiscal responsibility and really that is part of the business side. So while they're being educated on the academic side, you know, you're enabling them to be educated for the business of higher education, right? And starting in college, preparing them for real life. So payment plans are like bills. And so having that monthly scheduled payment is teaching them a lesson that, hey, you don't pay, you get a late fee or you might have your services turned off, right?
0: We have a lot of incoming students who, you know, are about 18 years old and they don't think they have to pay for college. Wow. I mean, it's shocking how uninformed a lot of these young folks are today and you know that kind of dovetails with the first generation in college sometimes right. it's naivety sometimes it's you know i heard that state schools are free and i thought you were a state school too um but i think overall getting students that initially come to the university set up for success is so crucial yeah because if you think about it you know it's like a bell curve in terms of Standard deviations. You know, there's about 20% of our population that our offices will never see them. They know what to register for. They know what they're doing. They know they have to pay. They know they have to do their financial aid application. They are self starters. They'll graduate. We'll see them at commencement and, you know, we'll shake their hands and give them a diploma. You know, the other 20% are the students that are never going to make it. They probably shouldn't have come here. They don't have the financial means or the academic wherewithal to kind of make it through college. And, you know, we're here for those students because, you know, even if five of those students make it through, you know, they're going to be a great success story right. for, you know, their families and for their communities. The rest of the kids are are the majority and, you know, they're the ones that kind of sit in limbo and they're the ones that we really need to work with. And, you you know providing an online payment plan solution can really help move some of those students in the middle towards the group of fiscally responsible individuals right. because what what ends up happening is that if you don't pay your college bill and you start getting notices i mean that really really screws up with your your studies with your ability to focus on you know what you're here to do which is to you know, take courses and and get good grades so that you can graduate and move on to a successful career. And, you know, the the more these students have to deal with the administrative offices of the university, you know, they get angry, they get uh, depressed, they get distressed. I mean, we have so many students that will call us up crying, I don't know what to do. And, you know, I think it's important that you provide you know, good financial aid packages, good payment arrangements, good customer service, so that, you know, you can help everybody get to the finish line as best as possible.
1: That's so key. And, and really just listening to you talk about those three different types of students is really intriguing. And so it sounds like really uh, there's a focus that you have on managing the bell curve, those that, that fall into that, that grouping. So can you tell a little bit about how you go about doing that?
0: Definitely. I mean, we've developed a really robust communication calendar that targets all different pockets of students and you know the payment plan functionality comes with delivered communication toolkits that you can customize for your university you know which i really strongly suggest folks even if you have had the product for a while that you open up those pages and take a look at what you're sending because it's probably outdated um you know, you can customize the portal for welcome messages, for how information is displayed to students to make it as clear and simple as possible. But the other thing that we've done is we've really encouraged students to to get to where they need to go. We've gotten our bills going for the fall term earlier than ever before. We... Um, We send very targeted financial aid communications for students who, you know, may not have done their FAFSA yet or may not have accepted their aid or signed their master promissory notes because what we end up finding is that those students that don't do those things will never sign up for the payment plan because the balance reflected in the plan is not really the true amount that they owe Mm. because the financial aid isn't deducted. And as a result, they're not going to pay, you know, a huge down payment when they know that the balance that they're gonna to need to pay is actually actually less. That's a good point. But at the same time but at the same time they might be confused, you know, about the you know the strangeness of financial aid in general, which we all know is, you know, <laughs> a very strange bird. Right. And they just freeze up. You know, so they got their bill, you know, in the mail, they're attending classes, and they just wait. And for anyone who has payment plans, they'll tell you that waiting is the worst thing because you're basically mortgaging the time that you have to spread those payments over. So it's a big problem. And what we've done is we, we used to have our payment plans set up to to manage the exceptions, right? Okay, right. Oh, we'll keep it open. We'll leave the payment plan up and running, you know, through the end of the term. But what ends up happening is that student that signs up very late, you know, they get stuck having to pay two bills in the spring semester, and they end up separating and not attending and getting distressed and whatnot. So we've now set up our payment plans for the fiscally responsible students, right? It's June, sign up today, you can put the least percent down, 15%, and you can pay your balance, you know, over the course of six installments, so that by the end of November, beginning of December, when your spring bill is due, you can sign up for a new plan. And then you can pay that off in six installments through May. And then when you come back as a sophomore, well, you're set up again. And it's, you know, really nice and straightforward and simple and and aimed at student success and fiscal responsibility. As we get closer to the term, what we do now is we increase the down payment and reduce the number of installments so that at the end of December, at the end of the fall term, everyone's where they need to be in preparation for the spring. And we use different tools to manage the students that don't go according to plan.
1: Okay. And I know that you said, too, as all students are, they're smart and they know how to work the system. And so you you were having some students enrolling late, Right.
0: Oh, we would have students that. So let's say we open up our spring registration on October 1st or October 15th. We would have students sign up for a payment plan on October 1st. Okay. Make make the down payment, which was still you know only 20%. Register for classes, and then cancel the payment plan. Oh. So so what what we've done to change that is will clear you if you sign up for a payment plan for the current term, but you're only going to be cleared for the subsequent semester when your balance is below a certain threshold. Okay. So we, and all of these things, interestingly enough, are the result of the pandemic. It allowed us to tighten up our policies and strengthen them because, you know, our business was severely at risk. Sure. And, you know, that's one of the best things that came out of all this is that, you know we we didn't get tougher we got more standardized and more yes. structured with fiscal responsibility and like i said it, it it benefits the student to follow how we've set this up because it's the plan to success
1: yeah i think that's really key and I, th- I think you're absolutely right that covid really allowed all of us to look at business processes or anything in general and say how do we tighten this up how do we be smarter about how we do things
0: i agree and you know As as we see other entities within the organization kind of stall or maybe not embrace those changes, I think the financial offices across all institutions are the ones that have kind of led the way in being smart and taking advantage of being able to put these policies and procedures into place.
1: Yeah, I think that's really great, and especially for... You know, this generation is seems to be very risk adverse and so they don't really want to go into debt. And payment plans has really helped them to really make college possible and to can to spread it out to be able to make those payments and, and get on a plan and you know, that over twelve million you talked about earlier, I mean, that's again, those are students that are not going into debt, they're getting on a plan, right?
0: Definitely. And I like I said before, I, we've separated this out, right? The payment plan is a tool for fiscal responsibility. Let's say we have a student that can't make the down payment and they really can't make it. They don't have the money. Their EFC, their expected family contribution is zero. We Maybe they were here for a year and we knew that they struggled. We don't now combine that into our, you have to pay your bill system logic. That student now can apply for you know, HERF grants, they can apply for scholarships, and we'll work with them separately to kind of get their balance down to a manageable place so that they can enroll in the payment plan. So we, we've gotten smarter in how we compartmentalize our students and who needs to do what. Right. You know, if you have a really high EFC, or let's say we did your federal verification and we saw your tax returns, we are going to not spend a lot of our energy working with those students. You know, those students are going to get awarded scholarships due to their merit aid, due to their performance, due to being an athlete. Right. We want to focus on the students that really have need. We want to work with the Pell-eligible students. We want to work with the New York State TAP-eligible students. We want to maximize work study. We want to maximize SCOG. We want to make sure everybody has the right financial aid packages so that when we compare their balance remaining to their EFC, those numbers are in alignment.
1: That makes a lot of sense. And I know we also talked about how you're really setting the students up for success by helping to narrow that runway. Can you talk a little bit more about what you mean by that?
0: Yeah, I I think it's important, like I said, that the the payment plans for the semester need to end in a timely fashion so that they're set up for success the following semester. So right now in our system, we're configured to have installments, you know, the initial installment is in June or July, and then there's five, you know, subsequent monthly payments that are due. Once we get past, I would say mid-July, the TouchNet system allows you to configure late registration, and it gives you two options in the config. You can either set it up where the initial installment has to be larger or you narrow the runway in terms of future payment installments. And we've chosen the latter. So when you come in, let's say in August and you're like, hey, I'm here to pay my bill. You don't have those six monthly installment options anymore. You're now on a five installment plan
1: okay and the
0: system automatically does it for you now when we first went live with touchnet that functionality wasn't there it's very robust now in terms of not having to go back into the config and change anything okay. so as these students trickle in in August in September and in October you know their payment plan runway narrowed significantly as it should you sure. know because they don't have as much time as the student that planned in advance. Right. And what we do with them is we really educate them in terms of, you know, look, this semester, yeah, this is going to stink. But when you get to the spring, you'll be thankful because you'll be right on target and you'll be able to start that semester off with success. And then when they come back for the following year, you know, they'll get all their financial aid in order early. Right. The government now allows you to do it as early as October of the previous, of the um, you know prior year. Right and get everything set up for success for uh, for their sophomore year
1: that's great do you see that happening too? like first-time students maybe a little late to the game to get to get signed up for a plan but then going forward they're like oh i figured this out i'm gonna get in early
0: we have the lowest accounts receivable we've ever had in our life wow here at liu and like i said a lot of it has to do with enforcing policies Yep reviewing scholarship packages versus EFC, making sure financial aid is going to the right people, using all this government money that we've been provided to get to the right people, you know, not just blanketing checks out to everyone so they can go buy earbuds and stuff, really making sure, you know, the, the CRESA grant, unlike the CARES grant, the CRESA grant has a clause that allows you to really use professional judgment. And if you use it you know, leverage with your neediest students.
1: Right.
0: When you get under audit, you know, you're going to be able to to explain, you know, hey, we, we maximize this governmental money for the success of our students. And it's a real luxury, but mm-hmm. the students really need it right now. Right. And what it's allowed us to do is to really just clean up our, our AR and get students on the path to success and to timely graduation. And when you think about, you know, how your school is really – you know evaluated across the board those those graduation rates are key oh, and you got to make sure that they that they stay in school and finish
1: absolutely well, it sounds like you've done a great job here with the payment plans. At first, you know, setting them up for success, making sure they understand the plans available and when you have to pay, narrowing that one way so that they everybody ends at the same time and starts at the same time. And then we talked also about how you're managing your delinquencies in real time. And so I think that really probably helps you too. Um, so can you drill in a little bit to how you use the delinquency report and how that's been able to help you understand and support your students?
0: Yeah, I think it's very important. We every week we go into the the payment plan system and we run our delinquency report. And any student that falls out of two installments or greater gets deactivated from the plan and, you know, gets put back into, you know, quote unquote, the general population. So, so, so what we'll do is we won't even, you know, tell them we're doing it. We'll, we'll remove them from the plan that then, you know, in our ERP student system, you know, prevents them from registering prevents them from getting a transcript you know so on and so forth they'll start getting their bills again they'll start getting you know notifications they'll go back into our communication you know campaigns and we'll reach out to them and we'll say hey you know you missed two payments you you've lost the luxury of being able to use this product and what we find is generally something really bad happened to those students and by getting them on the phone and talking to them and getting them out of the plan and making them realize that you know they're in peril uh i would say 98 percent of the time we're able to help those students you know figure out their situation and and get it resolved
1: that's really great i mean kind of like anything if you can proactively reconcile what's going on versus at the end then it's too late I mean really, that's you're protecting your students and you're you're helping them by canceling them honestly, and making them come and talk to your office so you can really you know really provide that service level that you need.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's like paying your mortgage or paying your rent or paying your you know your car payment. you know you, the banks do not let you you know hang yourself on those, right. and you know a college education you know costs about the same, and I think the industry in general kind of originally took the the approach that if the student hangs themselves and so on and so forth, they, you know, they made their bed, they, they, they sat in it. Mm-hmm. I don't think in 2021 you can behave like that anymore. You know, yeah. we have to be the gold standard model for the students. We have to show them the plan to success. We have to walk the walk. We have to talk the talk. We have to find out who isn't following the rules and you know gently guide them back to the to the midline right and really understand that students can't be treated the same each student is a unique individual they have their own specific story and you know in the customer service model that we have here at LIU you know we call it the LIU promise team you know we mm-hmm. we make a promise and a commitment that we're going to get these students to graduate and yeah. That involves sometimes some very difficult financial conversations that, you know, you have to train your staff to be able to handle and to, you know, be able to tell the difference between a student who's in need and a student who wants to work the system, you know, for whatever reason, and making sure that you understand all the various screens in your ERP solution so that you can profile the student and and provide, you know, the best support as possible to help them, you know, succeed. And the targeted communications, customizing your communications, providing payment, flexible payment arrangements, I think it all boils up into this, you know, overarching concept of fiscal responsibility. And, you know, sometimes there's students that aren't, like I said, there's 20% that probably aren't going to make it to graduation, and we have a responsibility to those students as well, that they don't incur debt for nothing, and they right. don't, you know, continue on on a path that's going to lead to despair. Um, and like like I think we're going to speak about next, we have solutions for the students that that have to stop out. And our whole plan with that solution is to get them back. Right. You know, and it works. You know, sometimes the student wasn't ready the first time; needs to take a break. They need to, you know, switch gears. They need a little time to work, you know. Maybe save some money, and you know, we stay in touch with them. We keep communicating with them. We send them to ECSI's uh, Heartland Global Payments um, Recovery Select product, right. which is another automated kind of payment plan, kind of collection service that we love. And you know, we use that on the back end to extend the runway again
1: okay.
0: for the fiscally problematic students. Right. So we've got like this really long runway for the student in the beginning that's, that wants to succeed, that wants to get everything settled right now. We shorten the runway as we get closer to the semester so that we don't have students, you know, stressing themselves out and causing problems in future semesters. And then for the 20% that really have difficulties, either financial, academic, or, or both, or mental, emotional, however you want to you know, categorize some of these groups, right. we give them a really long w- runway at the end to get themselves you know, back into fiscal shape so that they can come back. You know, we, we try not to send anyone to collection agencies anymore. We don't really right. want to penalize their credit. We really want to you know, help them settle their balance and get them back into school.
1: Yeah, that was I say, because all the work you do up front, just like you said, you can just do so much, but there's going to be situations where they just still don't pay. And so being able to have that next step before you go off to collections um, is really critical. And, and have you found that uh, you've been able to retain students that do need to have that break? And, you know, you have a good percentage of those that are able to make those payments to be able to come back to campus?
0: Yeah, we have a great program in place. And what what's really helped us overall is there's a mandate coming down you know, from the top of our organization that we have to know every single one of our students, and we're talking about 10,755 of them. Okay. We need to know all of them, and by putting them into these three categories, you realize that it's the, the middle group, the largest group that really needs to be known because they're the ones that are either going to move to one side of the bell curve or to the other. Right. They're either going to become more fiscally responsible, or they're going to become, you know, fiscally problematic. Right. And by kind of parting the sea, by understanding who your students are and what they need, you're able to make better decisions, not just in terms of working with them, but in terms of how you set up your systems, how you configure your software how you use the communication tools, what you put in those communications, how you write to your students, how you speak to your students, you know, and and really understanding that, you know, this generation that's coming in, you know, really appreciates that help and needs it. And, you know, I think it's really important as universities and college, you know, administrators that we remember that these are, you know, a lot of times kids are just trying to find their way and young adults that you know, need a degree so that they can go out and, and perform in the marketplace and find those jobs and become you know, leaders in the industries in the future and you know, hopefully give back to the school and become you know, successful alumni.
1: Absolutely. You know, this kind of reminds me a lot of why we made a transition um, into our new advisor solution. I know you've been in on many of the meetings around that, uh, being able to have that full picture to help that student success and really transitioning kind of the cashier from being just taking money or taking orders, if you will, into truly advising the student. So um, I know you've been part of that. Do you have any thoughts on that?
0: I was very a very strong proponent of the advisor solution. I think it's going to change the game. When I'm working with a student, I have to pull up probably 10 different screens to get right. the full picture. I need to know their financial aid. I need to know their um, pending to-do items. I need to know what their high school average was what their test scores were what does their transcript look like what do their grades look like what do the notes on the account look like what is what has this person told other people at the organization um what happened did they have a change in in their in their fiscal income you know right. with covid you know a lot of people you know, we're still taking 2019 tax returns this year. That's a big problem because that doesn't reflect maybe what happened if you were, a, let's say, your parents owned a restaurant or owned a gym or All owned right. a yoga studio. You know, your income is going to have been significantly affected in 2020. So we've developed this whole outreach plan where we allow students to provide their updated tax returns. We do a school verification on them which has oftentimes resulted in them getting additional Pell. Okay. Um, we've provided CRESA grants to them, you know, and then when they have whatever's remaining, they have the ability to go on these payment plans and and be able to satisfy their balance to the university. And in those cases where something goes wrong or awry, maybe we didn't reach out to the student, maybe things were okay. They did, They turned sour and they didn't reach out to us again. Right. Then we have that, that, that long runway at the end with recovery select that we can get those students back into, you know, fiscal, fiscal shape.
1: Yeah, that, that's really great. And this has been such an interesting conversation, Dave, because, you know, you look at payment plans as maybe a simple solution, but there's so much flexibility and it just really opens up the possibility to teaching these students some fiscal responsibility and what's really important in life going forward, right?
0: Yeah. And if you think about, you know, what's happened with banks, it's no different. You know, the bank used to be you go to the teller, there's a plexiglass window, a real informal kind of cold solution. You know, these banks are now opening up and they're becoming more of, of community places. Right. And I think, you know, we don't really have a bursar office anymore. We don't really have a financial aid office anymore. We have financial aid experts, but we have, you know, a customer service program. You know, in which case we're trying to assist our students 360 degrees every step of the way. And if you don't have that and you don't have a payment plan solution and you've got, you know, staff members writing stuff down and doing calculations on calculators, how are they going to be able to provide quality customer service? Right. So, So using these solutions and leveraging them so that you can really get to know your student body, you know, personally and know who they are. So that when you see them at graduation, you're like, hey, I helped that student. It provides a lot of, you know, I think, give back and a lot of strength to why we come to work every day. What's important, you know, the the, the student accounts receivable isn't what's important. What's important is getting every student across the finish line to graduation.
1: Absolutely. I think that's so key. And that's why I love being part of higher education, because we're all there to educate, whether it be academically or it be about fiscal responsibility or it may be about, you know, getting all of your financial aid in time so that you can be on the right path to you know, shorten that runway. I think this is all just the beauty of being part of this educational space.
0: I agree. And it's fun. And we do it every year over and over and over again. It's the same (laughs) thing. And, uh, you know, you you gotta get good at it. You have to learn the whole cycle. You have to know, you know, all the different angles, you know, we, we train everyone now in admissions in registrar and financial aid and advising. We don't separate them into silos anymore because these unique student experiences, you know, if you get the chance to, to help somebody, we want the, we want that student to be helped in every which way possible.
1: Absolutely, that is great. Well, thanks again, Dave, for all of your insights today and best practices for using payment plans to really help those students be set up for success.
0: That sounds great, Heather, and thank you as always, and we're looking forward to getting together again at ComTech one day very soon.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Focus. Don't forget to subscribe so you can stay up-to-date on the business of higher education, For more information, check us out at touchnet.com.